Say, kids, what time is it? Time for another episode of Brio TV, the podcast. I'm your host, Bill Brio. Today's episode is brought to you by CTV, Hollywood Suite, Paramount Plus, and Super Channel. Well, hi again, and thanks for listening to the 102nd episode of Brio TV, the podcast. I've got a shorter than usual interview this week, but hey, at almost uh, 11 minutes each, my guest's episodes are also shorter than usual. I'm talking about Mark Little, a writer, comedian, and sketch player who I've interviewed a few times over the years, starting back when he was on Jerry D's classroom comedy, Mr. D. Before that, Mark made a name for himself with the East Coast comedy troupe Picnic Face. Today, I'm talking to Mark about an animated series he created and launched over four years ago. It's just now returning for a second season. The series is called Gary and His Demons. Okay, listen, this is unfortunately more plausible than I'm comfortable with, but I am 99% sure you're that demon. You got a real demon vibe right now? I'm not a demon, I'm just poor. You're... My parents died! Okay, if you Help me! Take me to a shelter! I hunt demons for a living. I know a demon when I see one. You're doing a very good job, kudos. But I gotta cut you in half now, because I, I, I know you're a demon. No, I'm a little boy! I'm homeless! I'm so hungry! Please! Please I need my medicine! Talking. I'm gonna cut you in half now, so just stop talking! It's my birthday! You okay? The series premiered in 2018, stalled during the pandemic, and then switched to Prime Video. That's where you can watch it now, and it's back and funnier than ever. All 12 new episodes, plus the episodes from the first season, can be streamed anytime on demand. Gary and His Demons is about a cantankerous, aging demon slayer who is fed up waiting for his replacement to be named and has nothing left to lose on his quest to save the Earth. Just don't show Gary and his demons to kids. The series is hilariously profane, with F-bombs aplenty. Sort of like robot chicken without the bleeping. Also uh, heard briefly on this interview is Stephen Sloan, who is the head of Look Mom Productions, the Toronto-based studio animating the series. Here is that conversation with Mark Little and Stephen Sloan. Thanks. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good to see you both. Listen, congratulations on season two of Gary and his demons. My God, Mark, we spoke about this back when the series first launched. Um, and I think that was in 2018. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, just, first of all, just explain, uh, because it's up now on Prime Video. You can watch season two. Uh, it's a very, very funny series. Um, why did it take so many years to come to this point? Great question, Bill. I could, you know what? Your guess is as good as mine. We had some ups and downs with our original broadcaster, and um, I don't know. But uh, Josh Bowen over at Look Mom was persistent, and he finally got us a new home at Prime Video, and we're so happy he did. Look Mom is such a great name for a company, isn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. Who doesn't want to work for Look Mom? Yeah, um, that's awesome. Uh, and now, um, in the ensuing years, the original broadcaster, I think, is no longer operating. Is that correct? Where is Verve these days? I, I think it's just. I think all that remains is Crunchyroll. I think Verve itself has has uh, gone the way of the dodo. To quote yeah. a Gary episode two. 
Uh, it's been slayed. Okay. Um, well, Prime Video, certainly they have uh, been quite vocal about their push to uh, bring more Canadian content uh, to uh, the world and Canadian viewers, which is a great initiative. So it seems to be a good place to be. Uh, how are you enjoying being on that platform now? Is it, what, what difference does it make, Mark, to you, Eddie, or is just more people get to see your show? Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's like you said, yeah, it's just numbers. It's it's incredible to have that much reach, to have uh, your show on a service that people have heard of is yeah. helpful that they have access to, you know. Um, it's great, uh, you know, and we didn't have to make too many concessions. We just had to create one character named Jeff Bezos, who's a perfect, flawless man. Oh, okay, right. And uh, <laughs> he's great. You sort of see he's a little Easter egg throughout the season. You can sort wow. of see him popping up and doing good deeds and uh, not having any faults. Did you get Jeff to voice the character? <laughs> no, I'm just joking about that. I know you're just joking. I'm sorry. That's a straight line. That was um, a good straight line. <laughs> uh, I, I think it would be funny if you did do that. Well, maybe season three. Oh, I'd um, love to do that for season three. Yeah. Jeff, if you're listening. <laughs> um, so let's bring people up to date. Uh, Gary is uh, not, he's kind of disgruntled. He wants to retire. He's uh, been wanting to retire for a while and um, he's fed up and waiting and hoping for a replacement. Uh, as the second season starts, though, I think he's just as frustrated as ever, right? Yeah, season one. To include a small spoiler, ends with him uh, being forced back into his job after he finally escaped for reasons that he is responsible for. Uh, he bears the responsibility for that. Right. And then season two begins with him sort of living with the fallout from his bad deed and restuck in the job with the extra guilt of having uh, hurt a teenager very badly. <laughs> right. <laughs> and put him in a coma. And so, yeah, he's trying to, I think at that point, he wants out of the job, but he's kind of just given up. And that's where we start with him. And then over the course of season two, we try to explore what might pull a person like that uh, in a different direction. Well, you know, it's funny. He almost slayed an orphan in an alley. Uh, so, you know, I guess they got him on the teen count. But, uh, uh, my God, it's so outrageous. Very, very funny. Um, you're voicing the character of Gary, of course. Mm -hmm. um, are you basing his voice on anyone in particular? <laughs> well, it's a voice that I've been doing for a while. Um, I'm a comedian with a very limited range. I have two voices. Uh, one time I auditioned for SNL and I'm proud to say I had zero impressions, <laughs> which oh, wow. made it very easy for them to say no to me. Um, well, well, hold on. Let's explore that a bit. How long oh, ago no. was that? <laughs> Why did I bring that up? Oh, no, it's always interesting. Uh, people talk about the terror of auditioning for Saturday Night Live. Were you uh, especially nervous for that? Um, I was a little bit nervous, but it was exciting. You know, I was on that stage. Wow. I couldn't see Lauren Michaels or I think Seth Meyers might have been there at the time. Uh, I couldn't wow. see. There was just a shadowy mass to the left of me on that famous stage. What's it called? Studio 6. Uh, 6H or 6 something up in the Rock yeah. and right in Rockefeller. Eh? Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. So I could all I could hear, you know, it was an interesting experience. Um, I had been told, don't expect laughter. They won't laugh. 
So I went in with that expectation that I'll just do my material. I had seven minutes and then not expect laughter, leave. Uh, whatever happens, happens. But my first bit, I'm really happy to say, got a big laugh. Wow. And I unfortunately started to think that maybe I was doing pretty well. And then when the next six minutes got no laughs, <laughs> that, felt, that felt hard. Wow. <laughs> I really, that was bad. That was, that was probably the worst case scenario. What did you open with? Uh, what did I open with? Oh, I had an old bit that was like a, uh, oh no, you know what? I did have an impression. I had, I had one Game of Thrones impression of the guy who follows around Khaleesi. That was it. What a hot bit. And then, uh, yeah. Anyway. That's funny. We'll be back in a minute with Mark Little. Well, we're here again with Emily Gagne from Hollywood Suite. Emily, what do you got for us this month? Well, Bill, we've got the last couple of episodes of The Last Movie Stars, which I know I talked to you about before. It's a yeah. six-part docu-series about Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, directed by Ethan Hawke, and it's it's really spectacular. Um, you can watch it Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Uh, through February 16th, so right around Valentine's Day, perfect time to watch it. We're also going to have a marathon if you want to just watch it all in one sitting on February 18th. It's a great series. I'm glued to it. So many big names uh, attached to this uh, makes it a lot of fun. So congrats on that. Uh, what else is uh, coming up? Also, we have a collection of uh, movies by black creators. We're calling it Black Excellence. It's for Black History Month. We got a little bit of everything from nostalgic classics like uh, Do the Right Thing and House Party to modern masterpieces like Moonlight and Pariah. So definitely check it out if you have time this month. All great movies. Listen, Emily, thank you so much. Remember, all month long on Hollywood Suite, check them out. Well, we're deep into mid-season, folks, and CTV sure has their share of what's new and of interest this winter. Have you been watching Night Court? Now, I wasn't sure about this reboot, but it's a wonderful surprise. It's great to see original cast member John Larroquette hasn't lost his edge or comedy chops. And seeing him back on that old courtroom set, well, something very comforting about that. Plus, you know, the show's pretty damn funny. Speaking of familiar faces, Milo Ventimiglia from This Is Us is back in the new drama, The Company You Keep. This time, he's all spiffed up in a tux, playing a con man who unexpectedly falls for a CIA agent. Not Dead Yet is a series I'm intrigued by. Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin stars as a woman returning to a newsroom only to be handed a dead-end job, writing obits. Damned if she doesn't start seeing dead people. Just three of the new shows to get into this winter on CTV. And here he is again, Mark Little. Um, you've got help doing voices on Gary and his demons, of course. Uh, just run down some of the other cast members. Yeah, we've got um, Kayla Lorette, who plays Leslie. Uh, she's incredible. She's one of the best improvisers that I've ever seen in this whole dang world. She's awesome um, and heavily in demand. And that makes it suspicious that she's still in Canada. <laughs> and I'm happy, but 
I don't think it's going to last very long. We also got Kyle Dooley playing Hanley, who's he's an incredible comedian. We have been working together since our early days on our sketch group Picnic Face. Yeah, um, we go way way back. Um, we got Miguel Rivas playing a number of voices. We've got Marito Lopez, an amazing stand-up comedian who plays Marito, and um, and yeah, and then one amazing performer who uh, joined sort of well he played the orphan in episode one and then came back as tucker the teen uh chosen one replacement is tim gilbert who um is critically underused in canada he's one of the funniest people in the world wow. okay he's incredible good to, good to look for him then yeah um one of the other changes i understand from season one is the uh, animation company that draws the series um uh, will viewers uh, notice much difference? Uh, yeah, that's so that's us. That's uh, Lookmon Productions. So Lookmon has been involved, you know, since the start of season one in in one way or another. It, you know, from development uh, for the most part. Uh, I was actually an animator on season one, so I got a little bit of an inside, Perfect. you know, track into the the, the process. And then uh, for season two, we decided to bring it all in house at Lookmon. Um, uh, Solace animation at the time did an amazing job on season one we did we we purposely didn't want to shock the audience too much by having a, a huge shift so you know we tried to maintain character designs as much as possible you know what what made them charming what made people laugh at them hold on to that uh all sorts of like uh nuts and bolts animation stuff we tried to take from season one and then just because we're a different studio we we, we approach things a little bit differently we put a little bit of different effort into things like backgrounds uh, special effects, things like that, composited things a little bit differently. So there is a there you you know if you know what to look for, you can see some differences. But but the idea is that it won't be too much of a culture shock going from season one to to season two. But you know it's it's we didn't want to we didn't want to ape them directly, but we uh you know we did want to pay homage for sure because we really do respect Solace and everything they did on season one. They're they're huge behind the development of the uh, the first season and um, really part of what it what makes it such an energetic uh show yeah you know it's a good word uh, energetic um the uh episodes are generally about 15 minutes long is that true for season two as well um they're actually a bit shorter i think 11 minutes generally um and yeah we've maintained that for season two but i'm glad you think they're 15 minutes because that speaks to how much we're packing into those 11s there's so much content um the uh there is there's a lot of uh, stuff going on they're fun um uh, now uh, you know I, I think for something like the simpsons they spend about nine months from uh script to uh something that they could um color correct i guess uh how long does it take to do an episode of gary and his demons um well we are working with the simpsons budget so about the same. <laughs> right right about the same yeah, exactly. What, what would you say it is, Steve? It's definitely short and fast, and we're doing all yeah. the episodes at the same time. It is short and fast, and if we were working on something like a more typical primetime schedule and budget, then maybe we could justify the 100 years it took for season two to come out. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, uh, honestly, it's uh, it's a very quick turnaround, you know. Um, uh, we are, you know, Ligmont Productions is a small studio, boutique studio in, uh, in, you know, in Toronto. We work almost entirely domestically, you know, and in, in, like I said, in-house, you're looking at like maybe 50 people when we're at capacity, you know, working on this sort of thing. And for an animation studio, let alone a, a production, that's a, that's a pretty small number. So, uh, uh, but everyone's wearing many hats. Um, I mean, we, I think it's hard to say per episode because we do work on things sort of like we batch elements here and there. 
But, you know, I think we, we got the whole season done in under a year, at least from an animation st- standpoint. Um, there was, you know, maybe some pre-production stuff, some post-production stuff on the tail and the head that went a little bit long, but like the whole season was done easily within a, within a year for sure. So it's a very, very quick turnaround for, wow. Yeah, well, you know, uh, congrats then, Steve, because it looks um, very um, complete. And, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, you, you can't tell if there are shortcuts taken. Uh, it, it really is a fully dimensional show. So that's pretty cool. Well, I appreciate uh, that. There's I just want to shout out the like hugely talented team that works with us. You know, it's 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 all on them that they're we're able to produce what we're able to produce in in the amount of time that we have to produce it in so wow. and your company it's based in toronto did you say yes yeah look productions so yeah. in, in toronto is it busy time for animation oh boy yes uh so i'm also my lofty title is head of studio so i'm, I'm overseeing a lot of the visual development on things and so i'm also responsible for all the hiring and uh, boy howdy it is tough to lay your hands on people right now it's uh, very busy in canada very busy across the world for animation um, you're seeing some headlines about like, you know, shows being canceled at some of the larger streamers. Um, but there is still for every show that's canceled, you know, God starts another hundred shows. It seems like, because it's, it's very, yeah, very, 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 very busy right now. Very, very mean God. Yes. When you we say God, you, we want to shout out the big guy. This is the only <laughs> fully Christian adult. <laughs> yeah, right. we, we, we've, uh, you know, buried the lead there. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. I thought yeah. God was uh, Ted Sarandos there for a while. I, th- I think Netflix was the largest pr- uh, employer of Canadian animators in the world for a while, but maybe it's Prime Video now. Um, yeah, if you look close, you can see a little Easter egg in season two. We do have a shot of God, and you might notice that he looks a little bit like old Jeff Bezos. Uh, you mentioned that. Okay, well, we're going to have to look for him. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute with Mark Little. What's due for February from our friends at Super Channel? Well, for one, check out the new true crime docuseries called Friends Speak. Now, this has nothing to do with Joey or Monica or Chandler Bing. Each episode of Friends Speak airs as a 90-minute true crime documentary and brings you the unique perspective of the people who are friends with notorious criminals or their victims. Hear firsthand accounts of the days leading up to and the days after some of the world's most notorious crimes, including Casey Anthony, Jody Arias, Kristen Shannon Watts, Natalie Holloway, and the House of Horrors family. New episodes of Friends Speak air weekly as part of Super Channel's Friday Night True Crime Block, or can be viewed anytime on Super Channel On Demand. Remember, Super Channel is available via most cable providers right across the country, as well as streaming live and on demand with Amazon Prime Video Channels and Apple TV+. Have you been watching season two of the Paramount Plus drama Mayor of Kingstown? I just had co-creator Hugh Dillon on as a podcast guest, and Hugh talked about basing the Prison Town series on his own hometown of Kingston, Ontario. Parts of season one were even shot at a decommissioned prison in that Canadian city. Now here's some good news if you're a Paramount Plus subscriber. The streaming service has just picked up the rights to a series that helped make Dillon an actor to watch several years ago in Canada, Durham County. 
The series ran from 2007 to 2010 and also starred a couple of great Canadian actresses, Helen Joy from Murdoch Mysteries and Lawrence LeBeouf from Transplant. Dylan played Detective Mike Sweeney on Durham County. He's on the hunt from a serial killer who he may have a strong connection to way back from his past. Adrian Mitchell, who went on to executive produce CBC's Coroner, was the co-creator of this eerie series, which frankly was years ahead of its time. Check out Durham County, available toward the end of February, and also watch Bayer of Kingston, all streaming in February on Paramount+. Plus. And here he is again, Mark Little. You, you know, you mentioned you only did two voices, Mark, but you're, you do other voices for other animated shows, right? Do yeah, you know? but if you listen, there's a lot of overlap between those voices. <laughs> I feel like this is the greatest indictment of my skills as a voice performer is that friends who have kids, like young four-year-old kids, say to their parents, hey, that's the same voice as Dino from Cup and Dino. A nice. four-year-old should not be able to make those connections. <laughs> Well, that's no good. That's pretty cool. Uh, you've got your audience is fright from the cradle to the grave. That's all right. Um, oh, yeah. This seems like a show that would make a spectacular live action feature film, right? Gary and his demons. I mean, w w was that something you guys have contemplated? Uh, would you want to do that? Dare to dream. That sounds yeah. amazing. No, we have never had a single conversation about that. I think because simply making 10, 11 minute episodes is the hardest thing we've ever done. <laughs> but it would be amazing. Yeah, I'd love to do that. If uh, if you were doing that, who would you cast as Gary? Would you play that role? Or if you could have anybody in there, who, who would it be? Yeah, it would be fun to really go big with that casting, get a nice old guy. I'd have to think about it. Maybe there throw was... some tu maybe throw some Tucci in there. Stanley Tucci. Wow. Yeah. Put some, some gravel on old Tucci and see what he can do. There's the actor, the guy who he's always playing an asshole on shows like Love and things. I can't remember an American actor with a beard. Oh, you're he's thinking sort of, of Rhett Gelman. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Don't you think the, the rare American comedian I've worked with? Um, there you go. Yeah, we could toss him in there. All right. <laughs> um, listen, uh, you're from uh, BC originally, but did you grow up in Halifax? What? What's? Tell me the. Walk me through your history there. Um, no, I was in. I was. I grew up in New Westminster, BC. Um, I lived in BC mostly in Vancouver until I was 22, and then I moved to Halifax uh, at 22 for school. All right. Um, but really, where you were part of a troupe uh, when you got into comedy, that was mainly Halifax and. Uh, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I met Kyle Dooley out there. Well, we kind of knew each other. We started doing improv that grew into a sketch group uh, with other people we met there in the comedy scene. Yeah. Um, Picnic Face. And then we stayed there for eight years and uh, sort of started our careers. Yeah. And uh, and grew and grew. And uh, very funny on Mr. D. Always uh, loved you on that show. Listen, Thank I'm getting a note to uh, wrap things up. I got two quick questions. Mark, okay. if you'll just answer your favorite TV show as a child. Was there a show that you would run home from school or uh, you could hardly wait to see when you were a youngster? Yeah, it would, it would be The Simpsons. And uh, with a special shout out to In Living Color. Oh, for sure. Jim yeah. Carrey, right? Yeah. Everybody else, all those guys, the brothers. Um, and uh, finally, uh, what is your favorite all-time TV theme song theme? 
<laughs> wow, my favorite ever themes. I mean, The Simpsons is an all-timer. Pretty good. I think, uh, what's that one? Am I thinking of Full House or Family Matters? The one that's like, whatever happened to predictability? Which one's that? Uh, I think that's uh, Full House, isn't it? I'm that might be... One of- it's one of those Miller Boyette shows. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think, I think that whole era of uh, theme songs. Okay. I'm getting a note that that was full house. Full that house. Era of been... theme songs that was just like a full two minute blues song, like <laughs> a swinging blues rock number right. where you meet every character about three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. I, that whole era I love. And I, I always dream if we were to get longer episodes for Gary, of having a full, like a nice minute long intro sequence with a song that has too much going on. You should do an 11 minute uh, Gary theme song episode. The whole okay, thing. Okay, Bill, the, you just you just wrote an episode, my man. <laughs> Season three. That's awesome. Listen, guys, congratulations. Uh, Gary and the Demons. Very, and his demons very very funny show and it's on right now you can watch it now on Prime Video congratulations guys thanks Bill thanks, thanks Bill. how did I get delivered here somebody tell me please cause this whole world is just really confusing me clouds as mean as you've ever seen in a bird that knows your tune Mark Little picked the theme to Full House as his favorite all-time TV theme song. The tune, titled Everywhere You Look, was written by Jesse Frederick and Bennett Salve. This is the second time that song has been singled out on Brio TV, the podcast, so let's listen to the updated theme to the 2016 Netflix reboot of the series as sung by Canadian Carly Rae Jepsen. Thanks, as always, to producer Phil Hong, who painstakingly stitches together every episode. My sincere thanks as well to the publicists who bring these guests to each episode. Couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks to our sponsors, and thanks to you, listener. If you liked what you heard, please share it with others, spread the word with a like or a review, and if you'd like to hear from some of the people who make the TV we love, please pass along the request. I'm Bill Brio. Thanks for listening.